Two-year-old Kaylee Anthony was last seen alive on June 16, 2008. The search for the toddler drew national media attention. The entire country was swept up in the circus that followed and the myriad of lies told by Kaylee's mother, Casey Anthony, who soon became the most hated woman in the country. Join us as we explore the circumstances of Kaylee's disappearance and the infamous trial that followed. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben, and tonight we will be discussing the controversial death of Kaylee Anthony. Ben, I feel like I've always tried to be, you know, like, fair to all the people we discuss in our episodes, right? And, you know, I try to remain balanced, I guess, but... In this particular one, I, I have a lot of feelings about Casey Anthony. And I think a and lot I feel of people like, have those feelings there. Yeah, I feel like I should just go ahead and admit those are going to bleed through in the episode. Um, I don't think anybody's going to really fault you there, buddy. Right. I mean, I'm going to try not to just completely, like, you know, Nancy Grace this. But I, I, I can't just hold back on everything about this, right? Right. Understandable, sir. So... I guess everyone knows how I feel about it, but let's talk about what happened in this case. Now, Kaylee Anthony was born on August 9th, 2005. Uh, Her mother, Casey, was 19 when she was born. Now, at the time, Casey was engaged to Jesse Grund, who at the time she claimed was Kaylee's father. I guess that wasn't true. No. No, now Jesse is one of the few people who actually was tested for paternity later on, uh, and it turned out that, that he definitely was not Kaylee's father. But uh, you know, eventually, Casey said, "You know, he's not the dad." Right? Did she know that when she was saying that he was? I'm sure she did, because honestly, the timeline of their meeting did not line up with you know how far along she was in the pregnancy. Gotcha. However, I mean, she was a dumb kid. Maybe she didn't realize at the time. I don't know. But I, I get the feeling she did know that because, you know, as we'll see, Casey was a habitual liar. Shocking. Right. Now, apparently, Casey's parents had attempted to cover up this pregnancy until, basically, until Casey was about to pop, right? Was there some there was sort actually- of religious consideration there or something? You know, I don't think so. I've I've always gotten the sense from Cindy Anthony that she's the type of person that just wants to, you know, cover up anything that might make her family look bad. Again. Sort of sweep things shocking. under the rug, you know. <laughs> I understand what you're saying that. But uh and as you'll see later on, she she really does seem to act this way. And I kind of get the feeling that that's why they tried to, to cover this up, right? So you just assume she thought it was gonna embarrass the family? Right, so she wanted to avoid it as long as she could until, you know, until until Casey had the baby. Gotcha. Now, I can't say that for certain, but that's sort of the sense I get from it. Uh, Casey's brother, Lee, would actually testify to this fact that the, the family did try to hide it right up until, you know, Casey was about to give birth. Uh, now, another bit of background about George and Cindy is they were having a lot of financial trouble as, at the time. Uh, George had actually created a lot of debt for the family, uh, and they were trying to sort of get out from under that debt, and they were struggling a bit. So, you know, th- that's something they struggled with. And George often hid, you know, the, the truth of his financial situation from Cindy. So you have another parent that is, you know, I guess you could say deceptive in this. I mean, deceptive is a good word for it. So, you know, you have one parent of Casey's that seems to want to sweep anything controversial under the rug and another parent that is deceiving his family about the bad situation they're in. Did he have some sort of failed business or something? Uh, well, he did. He did. He had, well, he had some bad investments. He had tried to open a car lot and some other things. And he also had some gambling debt and all this stuff just sort of added up. But yeah, there there were there were some financial issues. Uh, they weren't in, you know, I mean, they weren't they weren't about to be homeless or anything, but th- they had trouble with it. Yeah. Uh, 
Actually, Cindy had even you know looked into divorcing George at one point, uh, but th- they ended up staying together. But you know she she thought about divorcing him because of of the finances, right? Now, that's just a bit of background on everything. Uh, Casey does stay with Jesse for a while, and and Jesse he loves Kaylee. Uh, he really wanted to be her dad. He enjoyed being her dad. But uh, Casey and Jesse eventually split up. And Jesse has said in interviews that Kaylee told him she left him because, because he loved Kaylee more than he loved Casey. And he was putting Kaylee ahead of Casey. Excuse well, me? newsflash to Casey Anthony. I mean, I guess somebody You're supposed to love your Kaylee. children the most, right? Like that's, you're supposed to put your kids first. I guess she never understood that. She must not have got that memo. Um, but yeah, and that's that's what he said in interviews later on. So she wasn't and, exactly uh, winning any Mother of the Year awards even before the the let's say death happened. No, no, I, I would not say that. I now I have heard some interviews with friends of hers that said she did seem to be a, a loving mother. You know that she 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 paid attention to Kaylee when she was around. She she was always, you know, loving with her in her interactions with her, but obviously this wasn't the case all the time. Now, after Kaylee was born, Casey spent most of the time claiming that she had a job. She would go to this job and she'd have people watch Kaylee for her. She'd have her mom watch Kaylee. She'd get her friends to watch Kaylee, right? Okay. So she could go to work. But Casey didn't have a job. Did at all. that not become obvious when she wasn't getting a paycheck? I mean, how did how did she hide that for very long? Well, Cindy really just never pushed her on any of these things. And when her dad, when George would ask questions about this stuff, Cindy would just stick up for her and say, Hey, leave her alone, you know? Uh, Where was she getting always, money from? Was she borrowing it, borrowing it from her family? We're, we're going to get to that in just a second, okay. actually. But but Cindy, uh, you know, she just always had George back off of her and said, you know, she's fine. Cindy was an enabler of Casey. And Casey just kept claiming she had this job. She She said that she worked as, well, she worked at Universal Studios selling, uh, selling pictures. You know how oftentimes you're on I remember that a, vaguely from the trial, but she never right, actually it, had that job. She she did have that job before Kaylee was born, but she never went back to it after her maternity leave was over. Ah. And so she she was fired from it. However, she started leaving and, you know, quote unquote, going to work, but she was never actually going to work. She was, you know, going, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. Right. Now, um, at one point, she actually told one of her friends that she was working nights at Sports Authority, at, you know, doing stock and stuff overnight. So her friend would watch Kaylee for her at night, and Casey could go out to the clubs at night and stuff and stay out as late as she wanted to. Oh dear God! And uh, the the way Casey is getting money is she's actually stealing money from her parents and grandparents. She steals checks. She steals credit cards and she's always giving her mom excuses about this stuff, right? Like, well, you know, I didn't get my paycheck this week. There was a problem with that. I had to spend money on this. You know, she kept trying to cover it up. And, you know, at one point, Casey actually finds out that, that George had started a savings account for Kaylee. He was putting a little bit of money out of every one of his paychecks into the savings account so Kaylee would have that money later on. And Casey emptied that savings account out. Just a she was stand-up gal, apparently. She really was. Uh, she was even, you know, stealing checks from her her grandmother as well. Like, this is, this is how Casey got money. And I'm guessing right? she wasn't just, like, paying bills with this money. Well, no, she didn't really have bills because she lived at home with, with her parents. Her parents provided all the food. They completely took care of Kaylee. Uh, they they owned her car. They paid for her car, her insurance. You know, all Casey really had to do was pay for her cell phone bill, from what I understand. And you know, she bought clothes and stuff. But she was 
taking money to do these things. Now, eventually, Casey got promoted at her job at Universal Studios. <laughs> did she now? She got a promotion to event coordinator. She was an event coordinator after this. She went from selling pictures to people like where they were take you know, you know someone's picture would be taken while they're on a ride right. and then you try to sell it to them. She was promoted from that to an event coordinator and I should I should remind everyone here Casey doesn't even have a high school diploma or a GED. Now she has an important job at Universal Studios. Well, I mean that's just pulling herself up by the bootstraps, I guess. <laughs> she really a real did seem go to be getter there. there. And, uh, you know, this event coordinator job really gave her a lot more flexibility in her lives of when she had to go to work. You know, right. she could have an event she had to deal with on a weekend. Uh, you know, at night, there could be something going on she had to deal with. Anytime, really, she wanted to get out of the house and have someone watch Kaylee for her, she could come up with a, a, a something she had to do for her job. I mean, as pretend jobs go, not a bad gig, right? None of that fake nine to five shit. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, she had a really good pretend job. I feel like now, as I said, Casey has been stealing money from her grandparents as well. And Casey's grandmother actually finally files a police report about this because Cindy isn't doing anything about the money she's taking from Cindy and George. So the grandmother files a police report and this sort of gets the ball moving where Cindy decides she needs to really look into this and she and George start doing some research and they realize that Casey has stolen over $40,000 from them. Oh dear Lord. Right, between the checks, the credit cards, everything. $40,000. How did they not miss 40 grand? I guess were they well really, off? No, the, I wouldn't never not well Particularly off. Particularly if no, they were in debt. I mean, like I said, they were having financial difficulty. But I, I guess when you realize that this is happening over the course of a couple years, um, it's just a little here, a little there, and a lot of it's on credit cards. It's not like it's just coming right out of the bank, you know? Right. I, I, I guess that's, you know, it sort of, it adds up, right? Now, Cindy decides she needs to confront Casey about this, finally, right? After she's been enabling her and making excuses for her all this time. And this happens on June 15th. Now, they end up having a pretty big fight uh, because Cindy's confronting her about this. She's challenging Casey, saying that she has not been a good parent. And she's actually mentioning to Casey that she thinks that George and Cindy, you know, that they should take custody of Kaylee. Well, it seems like they basically already have custody of Kaylee. Well, they have all the responsibility, uh, but, you know, they're not the legal parents. Right. Right. And then the next day, June 16th, is actually the last day that Kaylee was seen by anyone. This is just after the big confrontation. Now, George says that he sees Casey and Kaylee leave for Casey to go to work and for Kaylee to be dropped off with a nanny. You know, this was allegedly. still the, the fake work. Yes. And, and that's the last time anyone sees Kaylee. So even after being confronted, she still goes to her fake job? Well, she was confronted about taking the money. She wasn't confronted about working a fake job. Ah. Right? They, they, they still assume she has a job. Casey never comes back home either after this, though. She starts uh, living with her boyfriend, Tony Lazaro. And, you know, she's telling the family that she and Casey are staying with her boyfriend um, Kaylee is going to a new nanny, uh, and this nanny is named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. If you remember that name, right? Was that a real person? I don't even remember. Yes and no. There, there was a real person named Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, but she never met Casey Anthony, never babysitted Kaylee, never oh. babysat Kaylee. Excuse me. Gotcha. Um, but 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 going on there, uh. You know, Casey and Kaylee are are living with Tony, and Casey still talks to her family on the phone, but Cindy's always saying she wants to see Kaylee, she wants to talk to Kaylee, and Casey always has an excuse. Well, Kaylee's with the nanny. Uh, 
Kaylee is gone to a, a theme park. Uh, I'm taking her this weekend to Disney World, right? We, we've got something we're doing at Universal this weekend. There's always something going on so that Cindy and George can't see or talk to Kaylee. How and long did this very, go on? This, this went on for a month. Um, for 31 days, this went on. Now, Cindy is getting very frustrated by this. Right, and she, she's worried, too, because she hasn't seen either of them. Well, yeah, I mean, she went from raising the kid to not being able to see her at all. Right, and I, I would be very frustrated by it. I'd be very frustrated by it. On July 15th, something happens, though. Cindy and George are contacted by an impound lot. As I said, they own the car that Casey uses. Right. And they contact them because this car has been sitting in the impound lot for two weeks. Do we know and the story know, about how it got there? Well, it was it was towed from the the parking lot of a check cashing place, and it had been there for a week before it was towed. Gotcha. And then it was the impound lot for two weeks. Now, obviously, this is really strange to George and Cindy. So George goes and picks the car up. They, they have to pay quite a bit to get it out of impound at this point if they've had it for so long. And George says when, when he gets to the car the trunk smells like you know something's died in the trunk it smells terrible are they not putting two and two together here yet i mean haven't seen their granddaughter in a month they go to the impound lot to get a car that casey should be driving to work and discover that it smells like something died in it are are their brains not functioning properly here i suppose not but, I mean, at least to us, looking at it now, it's very obvious what's going on. I mean, I guess some things are so horrific, you just you, you don't want to go there. Right. And you'd never suspect that you know, something like this would have happened, right? Well, I mean, I, and, I would and, never suspect that under normal circumstances. But, again, after not seeing the kid for a month, and then the trunk smelling like something died in it, it seems like, you know, questions would be raised. And I think questions are coming up in their minds at this point. Because they're they're very upset about the car being there. They're upset about the money. They're upset about the fact that they have not seen Kaylee in a month. And Cindy just decides that she's going, she's going to see Casey and Kaylee. She's going to go talk to Casey and she's going to try to bring her home. Worst case scenario, she'll just get Kaylee and bring Kaylee home. So Cindy starts calling around to Casey's friends, trying to find out where Casey is. And, and she finally figures out where she is. And Cindy goes in to pick up Casey and Kaylee. But when she gets there, it's just, just Casey, you know, and Casey's like, well, Kaylee's with the nanny. So she gets Casey in the car to take her back home. And this is when the infamous 911 calls start. Um, Cindy first calls 911 while she's driving Casey back you know, back to their home and she's wanting to just take her to the police station and she wants to press charges against Casey for, for one, for quote unquote, stealing their car, which you, you can't really say that because it was, it was Casey's car, right. Right? even though her parents owned it, you can't say that, but also it's about the money. And she's also, you know, concerned because she hasn't seen Kaylee for a month. And, and she mentions, well, she doesn't mention that in the first call. Uh, but I feel like the thing with Kaylee is she wants to get Kaylee. I don't think she really thinks Kaylee is missing at this point. She just thinks that Casey has kept Kaylee away from her and she wants to get Kaylee back. And, and I get the idea that she's trying to call the police and take Casey to the police station to put some pressure on her to get her to pretty much give Kaylee over to, to George and Cindy. It makes sense. Right. And that's, that's where that first call happens. But what it is, is she actually calls the uh, city of Orlando police, but the, uh, the police department she should have been calling was Orange County Sheriff's Department because the jurisdiction of where they lived was actually not within the city. So that police officer or the, the person that answered the phone that she spoke with tra- is transferring her to Orange County. And 
I think we're going to go ahead and play this portion of the call for everyone. So just to be clear, this is the the second call, and the first one had nothing to do with the missing child. Right. It's well, technically, I guess it's still part of that same call because she was still on the phone and was transferred to Orange County, so she's still on the phone, but she's talking to a, another person. Okay. Nine one one with theaters. What's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. They're there right now. Possible missing child. I have a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yes. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay. What did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I already spoke with someone. They said they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department, have a deputy here. I was in the car. I was going to drive her to the police station, and no one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. So she stole your vehicle? Yes. When did she do that? Um, on the 30th. I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you have someone come out to my house? Okay. Okay, I gotta ask you these questions so I can put them in the in the call, okay? Okay. Thirtieth of June. Yes. Okay. How old is your daughter? Twenty-two. Okay. What's her name? My name. Her name. Her name. And you said you have the vehicle back? Yes. That has the um, statement. She's there right now? Yes, I got her. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Um, five foot one and a half. Thin, medium, or heavy build? Thin. Color hair? Brown. What color uh, shirt is she wearing? White. What color pants? Oh, they're shorts. They're um, plaid. They're like pink and teal and white, black, plaid. Does she have any weapons on her? No. Is she not telling you where her daughter is? Correct. Okay, we'll have a deputy out to you as soon as one's available, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, so, so let me tell you my problem with this call. So, the mother says that she hasn't seen the grandchild in 30 days. There's, there's a missing kid. But... She leads with the car being stolen. And and then the operator seems to only want to ask about the damn car. I mean, like, it's priorities, people. Like, I just, this call is just baffling to me. Like, she mentions that a kid has been missing for a month. And for the next minute, they're talking about the damn car. Does that not strike you as a little strange? That That is strange. But here, here's my take on the situation. I don't think that Cindy really believes that Kaylee is missing at this point. I, I think Cindy just believes that Casey is trying to keep Kaylee away from them. Right? She's mad at him because Cindy confronted her about the money and everything. And she's, she's mad at them. And she's trying to keep Kaylee away from them to punish them. That's probably what Cindy thinks. Okay. Right? I understand that. But and how do you explain the operator just kind of ignoring the whole missing kid detail and asking for information about the stolen vehicle? Well, I, I do think that the, the operator should have focused more on on Kaylee in that call. More? I mean, how, However, about, how about we just, I, how about screw the car and we talk about the missing child? Well, I, I think the operator is getting a sense that this is sort of just a family disagreement and maybe there's no, no real problem. 
going on. Right. Maybe so. Now, the, the only I don't other know alternative that. is just extreme incompetence. I, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. Though, you know, if that if that operator really thinks this is just sort of a family dispute, a family spat, I can understand why she'd try to move past that because you know, I don't think it's uncommon for a child's parent to keep that child away from the grandparents and the grandparents probably call the police about that I, more I, than you would I think. I hear you. It's just like throughout this conversation, the whole missing kid thing just seems like an afterthought. Yeah, a car was stolen, got some money taken. Oh, yeah, missing kid for 30 days. Oh, oh, did I mention the car? Well, you I, know, and also Cindy doesn't seem really that concerned about the missing child at this point either. And I think the the operator reads into that a bit, if that makes sense too. I, I, I guess. I, and I I don't know. I'm this is just the best I can understand it. I'm I'm not saying that's the case, and you're I'm not saying you're wrong at all. This is just sort of how I'm reading that situation. Uh, I I think definitely when someone says there's a child missing, you've got to look into that. And I think now in 2021 that any operator would focus in on that immediately. But, I mean, I would hope in the year one, they would focus on the missing kid. I don't know. I, mean, I don't even know what the, the year has to do with it here. Well, I just feel like the 911 operators are probably better trained at this point. Because, I mean, how many cases have we looked at where the police don't respond quickly enough to missing child? Okay, Daniel, so here's my problem with this. Okay, so I am not a 911 operator. I have, in fact, zero training as a 911 operator. And if you told me that your car was stolen and you haven't seen a kid for 30 days, you see, my priority would be on that second one. You know, the whole missing child thing. I agree with you. And I don't know why they handled it this way, but this is, I mean, you heard the call. This is what happened. I just, it seems like we just need to have a real conversation about priorities at this point. Well... Uh, we're we're definitely going to have some conversations about priorities, not necessarily with this operator. I mean, but we it, will be talking maybe, about Casey's priorities right. here in just a little bit. Yeah, you know, and maybe you're right that she doesn't really think at this point that anything happened to the child. But there is something really disturbing about the the blase attitude she has about a kid seemingly vanishing for a month. Well, uh, that's all going to change in this next call, as we'll see in just a second. Okay, so, so I guess we'll go ahead and play that before my head explodes. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and play that second call. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff saying I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her, her mother finally admitted that she's been missed. Okay, what is what someone is, here now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. Oh. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba the baby is where? But the said it took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E, -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, 8, 8, 9, 2000, oh gosh, she's three, she's 2005. <laughs> Okay, I just can I need I, I understand can you just can you calm down for me for just a minute and just I need to know what's going on, okay? I'm gonna try and talk Is your is your daughter there? Is your daughter there? Yes. Can I speak with her? Do you mind if I speak with her? Thank you. 
I called them two hours ago. They haven't gotten here. Can you see? Finally, the minute the very took her a month ago. Ma'am. Ma'am. Can you tell me what's going on a little bit? I'm sorry? Can you tell me a little bit what's going on? My daughter's been missing for the last 31 days. And you know who has her? I know who has her. I've tried to contact her. I actually received a phone call today now from a number that is no longer in service. I did get to speak to my daughter for about a moment, about a minute. Okay, did you guys call and report a vehicle stolen? Um, yes, my mom did. Okay, so there's been a vehicle stolen too? No, this is my vehicle. What vehicle was stolen? Um, it's the 98 Pontiac Sunfire. Okay, I have deputies on the way to you right now for that. But now, you're, now you're three old, okay, your three-year-old daughter is missing. Kaylee Anthony. Yes. White Kaylee female. Anthony. Yes, white female. Three years old, 8-9-2005 her date of birth? Yes. And you last saw her a month ago? 31 days. Some 31 days. Who has her? Do you, have, do you have a name? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Who is that? Babysitter? She's, she's been my nanny for about a year and a half, almost two years. Can, can, why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which is stupid. Okay. But, can, you, can you give me the name of the, the nanny again? Like, spell it out for me. Zenaida Z-E-N-A-I-D-A. Last name? Fernandez. Fernandez? Hyphen Gonzalez. I think the officers are here. The officers are there? Yes. Okay, so so at the very least here, at, at least sensing the appropriate level of of urgency here. You know, at least until... Casey gets on the phone. Yeah. But at right. least from the mom, like it seems like there's a there's a kid missing at this point. Yeah, th- this is why I get the sense that up until this, she really didn't think anything was wrong. She thought that Casey was just keeping Kaylee away from him, right? Fair enough. But she's is obviously very panicked at this point. She's she's very upset when she makes this other call though you'll note that she does mention the the fact that the car smelled like there was a dead body in yes and you, you know you did you she wonder, not put this together a little earlier start putting this together yet right and and maybe in her mind the back of her mind is starting to go there right but she she thinks she's believing Casey that that Kaylee has been taken by the nanny I don't know why anyone would believe anything that Casey Anthony says. Yeah, that that seems like poor decision making, right? Because you know she's she's just she's been shown you know to lie. She's over a lying over bitch. Right? I think that those are the words you're looking for. I, th- I think that's 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 uh, that's a good term for her, right? And um, d- did you hear in that conversation? You can hear. I know exactly when, what you're about to say because it it almost <laughs> made the top of my head fly off. Yeah, I think the exact words were, "I don't have anything to talk to them about." Yeah, is that is that where, is that where you're going with that? Yeah, is that that's? Did you really just say that? that? So, if anyone didn't hear that in the call, you can just barely hear it when Cindy's handing the phone to Casey. You can hear Casey say something along the lines of, "I don't have anything to talk to them about." Oh, I don't know. Maybe the missing kid. It's been missing for 31 days, oh, and then when the God. operator says. Why didn't you call 31 days ago? That's the question everyone's asking, right? Right. And her her response was that she went through other resources or something. I mean, what, what would she Google it? What What were you doing that other than calling the police? <laughs> um. Well, in, in all reality, she was out partying. But no, say it ain't so, Dan. I guess we can get into that in a little bit, but... You mean she wasn't desperately looking for her missing child? No. Chasing down this mysterious nanny? She was not. She was not doing that at all, sir. Uh, But let's... 
let's talk about what you know what Casey said. Now, Casey uh, ends up telling the officers when they get there that the reason she hadn't called earlier is because you know she's seen in movies and heard that in this type of situation when the police get involved, you know that's when the victims start to get hurt, right? Right. And she's she's concerned about the safety of her daughter if she calls the police. Did she mention what these other resources were? No, not exactly. Just that she had been, you know, trying to find her on her own. Right now, um, Casey tells the officers about the nanny, about Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Now she says that she took Kaylee, and that she told Casey to change her social media passwords to Timer Fifty Five, and what was going to happen was that Zanida or Zanny, the nanny as Casey had always referred to her, that Zanny was going to upload instructions onto Casey's MySpace page on August the 9th as to how Casey could, what Casey would have to go do to get Kaylee back. Now, August the 9th was, was, uh, was going to be Kaylee's third birthday. That may be the dumbest, most convoluted lie I've ever heard. Yeah, you know what it really put me in the mind of? Do you remember that uh, Evil Genius documentary? Yes. Where the the guy was supposed to go through the 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 little the hunt, you know, the scavenger right. hunt to find directions on how to get the collar off. It put me in the mind of that. It's that far fetched. You know, I, I realized Except the collar one was bomb, real. That was, that was real, right? But. It was just it's so far-fetched, right, that this happened. And obviously, the police think it's far-fetched as well, because... So, they're not buying this bullshit, right? No, no, they don't They don't believe this at all, because who who does that, right? And why wouldn't she have called already, you know? Um, yeah, that, police, that's a reasonable question, I think. Yeah, and, and the officers are even asking her, are you sure you don't want to change anything about this story? <laughs> and, you know, she's like, no, she, she sticks by her story, right? Imagine being so stupid that when even the cops give you the opportunity to change that ludicrous story, you're like, nah, no holes in that. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Right. And um, now the way she explained that crazy password, Timer 55, is apparently it was supposed to have been 55 days from from the day that Zanny took Kaylee until her, her third birthday on August 9th. Oh, dear God. So that, that's where the 55 comes from, right? Now, police did check, and her MySpace and Facebook pages did have a password set to Timer 55. So, apparently, Casey had thought that through. You mean a part of the lie that was completely in Kaylee's control checked out? Yeah, well, I'm just saying Casey had already thought this through and and changed it, right? Well, I mean, I think thought it through is, is, is a bit charitable, buddy. Well, she she'd at least figured out how to back up that part of the lie, right? Now, I think I can grant you that. Yes. Police say, you know, well, can you give us the phone number that you you, you use to get a hold of Zanny? Hmm. And she's like, you know, I can't give you that phone number because it's in my it's in my phone and I left my phone at my office at work. Do you mean that the the fake work? Yes, at, at Universal Studios, which is real, but it's her fake work, right? Right, right. And um so like, okay, well, can you take us to, uh, to where she, she lived to her apartment? Because, you know, the, the, uh, Casey said she, she went back to the apartment that after she dropped her off that morning, she went back to the apartment that didn't even pick her up and no one was there. So Casey takes them to an apartment and the police look at the apartment and it's completely empty. No one's living there. And they look into it and no one has lived there for months. That's, so that's shocking. This is that, this is my shocked face. Yeah, well, that's. I, I'd say they. Well, I would say the police have a shocked face on too. That's pretty similar to yours because they knew what was going to happen, right? I think incredulousness probably covers that better. Yeah. So, like, is this bitch really telling us this? Well, you know, and, and at that point, they're like, "Well, we need to get that phone number from you, right?" Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure she just provided go, that immediately. Let's. Well, they want to go to her work and pick up the phone. So on the way over to Universal Studios, Casey's telling them that actually she didn't leave her phone at work. It actually was stolen while mm. she was at work 
And she did report that to loss prevention at work, though. Okay. So the police are saying, well, we need to, we still need to go over there. We need to check into that. We need to see if we can't get this phone back. And on the way over there, they're asking Kaylee. I shouldn't say on the way over, but they, they, they do ask Kaylee as part of this investigation. Have you told anyone else that, that Kaylee's missing? And she, she does say that she's told a couple of her coworkers. Uh, one is a man named Jeffrey Hopkins. And according to her, Jeffrey actually has a four-year-old son named Zach that Zanny also had been watching. And another co-worker of hers at Universal named Juliet Lewis. Now, I, I don't know if Casey just stole that name or if you, you recognize it, but Juliet Lewis is a pretty famous actress, right? Is or, she acting? Yeah, Juliet Lewis was in Cape Fear when she was young. She was in uh, Natural Born Killers. She was in From Dusk Till Dawn. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. She was you know, the, the daughter that, of the family that sort of kidnapped in that. Dude, I remember one scene from Till Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, I, I'm sure I know which scene you're talking about. I mean, it involves Selma Hayek and a snake, and that's really the only thing about that movie I remember. Well, at any rate... And I'll I'm thank you not to... to not to mess with that memory. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to just say that she was a, a pretty well-known actress at one point. So I don't know if she, if Casey Anthony didn't realize that, or if she was just looking for a name and pulled one, you know, out of thin air, whatever. But right. it's strange to me that she would pick the name of, of, of a known actress. Uh, but at, at any rate, you know, she gives them these names. She's made up a story about Jeffrey Hopkins. So having I, I don't understand. Son. I mean, I, I get it. She's really dumb, right? We, we seem to have established that thus far. But why is she just piling unnecessary lies on top of one another at this point? I mean, it's not like these are crucial lies, right? Like, these are completely unnecessary. Like, th- these details about how, oh, yeah, I told this guy, and we also, he, we shared the same nanny. Like, why would you give bullshit details like that that are so easy to verify? She's a compulsive liar, sir. I... I, that's all I can and say. And very I don't know stupid. Why. She is. Yeah. Okay. So continue. Well, as I said, they're on the way to Universal Studios. Right. And uh, they get there and Casey's like, oh, hey, I don't have my badge. She's trying to mm-hmm. get through security. And security's like. Convenient. Well, let's look you up. Right. <laughs> and. Uh, that's nice of them. Yeah, they're like. Well, we don't have any record of Casey Anthony working here. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. She gives them the name of her supervisor and his extension. The extension doesn't work. They say they don't have anyone there by the name that she gives for the supervisor. I mean, she, she's really going through with this. Right. And eventually, uh, you know, the cops are like, can we just get her in here? And like, well, she's here with the cops. Let's just go ahead. Right. They go on in. They're walking down the halls. And they say eventually Casey just walks down this hall and stops and turns around and says, yeah, I, I don't really work here. I, <laughs> I mean, how long was she going to let this play out? <laughs> like, you know, the cops had to have been thinking that exact thing. Like, like, like how long is this, is this idiot going to let us do this? But you, you know what? I love that the cops let it happen. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to let it go. You have to you just see how many lines she's going to tell you, right? Oh, dear God. Now, it does turn out that there was a Jeffrey Hopkins that worked there, but he was fired in 2002. <laughs> so I'm guessing it was just luck that she picked that name. Well, could they have worked there at the same time when she did legitimately work there? And no, the, the time frame just, I don't think, would have lined up. I mean, maybe it would have because she had Kaylee in 05. She was 19. I don't know how. I mean, she could have been working there. I wouldn't think she'd been working there in 02 because that would have put her being like 16. I right, don't think she was working right. there when she was that young. Uh, but I mean, it's possible, I guess. Uh, that, you know, Juliet Lewis had never worked there. I mean, uh, was, Tom, were, were none of the employees like wondering, like, who is this crazy lady with the cops? No, I, I mean, they did. Obviously, they did. But because she was there with cops, they're like, well, we'll we're just going to let her go, go through because the cops need to you know, move on with this, right? And like Tom Frank, that's the name she gave for a supervisor. He had never worked there. They had no record for Tom Frank. Uh, 
So at this point, you know, they take her in, start questioning no. her. And, you know, they're, they're like, do you want to tell us what really happened here? And she sticks by the story that Zenaida took her and she hasn't seen her in a month. And the cops are like, listen, we know this woman doesn't exist. <laughs> so they, they'd already looked into that? No, they hadn't. They just, like, obviously. They didn't need to. Okay. They yeah. didn't need to. You know, just, they, they're, they're saying, tell us where Kaylee is. And, you know, we can get past some of this stuff. And you know, at this point, they're still thinking, you know, maybe Casey really is just trying to keep Kaylee away from her parents. Right. But they're worried there may be more to this because of all the lies. You know, th- this whole interview reminds me a lot of that that Billy Madison, uh, that skit from Billy Madison where where Chris Farley uh, says that he, you know, had banged, uh, what was the school teacher's name? Miss Vaughn. Miss Vaughn. And, and uh, Billy's like, no, you didn't. Okay, but 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 I knew a guy who did. No, no, you didn't. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> you mean that's that's almost it, basically what they're doing to her here, right? <laughs> In this case, you, at least Chris Farley finally admitted it, right? But well, she never did. Well, she didn't yet, right? For for a long time. Um, you know, this just this goes on and on. They try to get information out of her. She sticks by her story, and you know, eventually they arrest her. They arrest her for neglect. And um, at this point, she she is assigned a, a court-appointed attorney, but she soon retains the services of Jose Baez. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, it's, well, I, I guess he hasn't really been in the media a lot lately, but he is a very famous attorney now. And I'm not going to say that he's a good attorney. I mean, he did some terrible things in that trial. We'll get to later, but... At any rate, she has Jose Baez now. Now, th- she actually gets out on bond a few times, but she always gets in a- ends up getting put back in jail for something. I shouldn't say always, but a couple times. Like, you know, she's written some bad checks. She ends up getting sent back to jail for that. Um, you know, just different stuff. Until eventually, Casey is finally indicted on October 14th. She's indicted for manslaughter and first-degree murder. But Without they a don't body? even have a right. body. Yeah, that does seem strange. Now, as obvious as it may seem to a lot of people at that point that Casey had murdered Kaylee, I don't know how you indict someone on first-degree murder when when you don't have a body and have no idea what happened. I guess with all the lies she told, they just assumed they'd figure it out eventually, but that does seem like quite a risk to take. I... I would agree with you that on that. You'd also need a certain standard of evidence to even get the indictment. Yeah, that that, that confuses me too. Yeah. Now, granted, there there was evidence, right? It was I would call it circumstantial, though. At least evidence of of how Casey had been acting. I suppose. I mean, you you know, actually, while uh, Kaylee was quote unquote missing. Before it was reported to police, Casey was out there partying, right? Oh, yeah. And, I remember the the news talking about that. I mean, there were a lot of pictures showing her dancing and stuff, right? Yeah, there were. clubs. Right, yeah. Dancing in clubs. She was, like, grinding on this other girl at a, a hot body contest. Right, club. yeah. I remember that. And uh, she, she got a tattoo on her, her shoulder that said Bella Vita, which means good life. And this was you know, during the 30 days when her kid was uh, missing. Yeah, right. And you know what mother would, would do that if her child was missing? A very bad one. Final answer. Th- that is very true. But what I'm trying to, to say is that this is what that doesn't add up to police, right? And you know, I, I guess they, they suspect that maybe she has killed her. That they don't think there's any way that the girl's really missing because Casey has not been worried about this at all. Right, yeah. Now, Casey Casey would say to people, you know, I had to put on this brave face because, mm-hmm. you know, Zanny would have hurt her if I acted like something was wrong. But th- that was another huge lie, obviously. We all know what happened. Yeah. I mean... You know, Kaylee was dead, and what's even more disturbing is that she's acting like this when she knows her child's dead. Oh, yeah. Like, it... Total scumbag. 
it shakes me to my core to imagine that, right? If something happened to one of my kids, I would lose my mind. You know, I I wouldn't be okay. I'd probably never be okay again. Dude, I would be more concerned over one of my dogs being missing than she was about her kid. You know, and I don't know how many times we've said, you know, there's not a standard way you're supposed to expect a parent to act in these situations. I know we've said that, but, but I think we can both agree that this ain't it. No. However it is you're supposed to act, this this, this ain't registered. No. No, no. This is so far removed from that, right? I can't wrap my head around Casey Anthony. I She just blows my mind completely. And it makes sense. It makes sense why everyone hated Casey Anthony, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And they still do. You know, I think everyone still hates Casey Anthony. I, I still hate Casey Anthony. Well, it's because we know she got away with killing her kid, so. I mean, we spoiler said, alert, in case we happen to have ruined that for anybody. <laughs> now, Kaylee's body is about to be found. And this is going to change everything with this case and the investigation. But for time's sake, with discussing all of that, and the entirety of the trial, we've decided we can't fit that into one episode. So we will stop here, and we will come back to this in our next episode. We hope you've enjoyed the first part of our series on Casey Anthony. If you have any feedback for us, or if you'd like to suggest a case for us to cover, we'd love for you to reach out to us. You can contact us through email at factandsuspicion at gmail.com or through Twitter at andsuspicion.